0: We're Welcome to Topple Uncaged. I'm Steve Topple, and you're locked on to the UK's hottest politics and music podcast. Each week, I bring you the rawest takes on the big stories making the news. Always joined by a very special guest. Then I pleasure your mind, body, and soul with the freshest, most banging international music. Going
1: uncaged. <laughs> Entertainment alongside education, and that we bring to the nation a and, and so the and in a combination, bringing information for generation after generation. What we we'll say? We're there for the mission. Entertainment is the prize. Exposing all their behaviors, lies, lies. A lyrical assault upon injustice in this time. Dropping balls of knowledge on a baseline. Entertainment is the key.
0: My goodness, my guest on this week's show is quite literally a UK reggae legend. Having been active since the 1980s, he is a producer, selector, MC, but moreover, he is a supremely talented artist, not only musically, but lyrically as well. He has just released his first album in seven years, and Boom! It is absolutely stunning. I mean, musically, it's absolutely brilliant. But lyrically, it is so profound. And the themes and the messages contained within it and the way he puts it across is second to none, in my opinion. It is a really, really, really exciting release. I think it's going to blow up. And I'm very excited to be able to welcome him to the podcast for the first time. It is the incredible Solo Banton is here. Solo, thank you so much for coming on. I am genuinely excited to talk to you because the album is fire. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be
1: here. You know,
0: good Thanks. Thank you <laughs> thank you
1: for your quiet words as well. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I
0: haven't even started yet. <laughs> so we'll get into the album in a few minutes. So I just want to touch on festival season because it's kind of wrapping up now, isn't it really? Um, you've sort of been across um, here, there and everywhere performing fairly extensively this year. How's it been for you compared to other years? Is, there, is the vibe different? Has anything changed? What's, what's performing this summer been like? Do you know what we kind of? Um, I kind of stepped back a little bit, you know. I saw so you on, doing a few gigs over Instagram, though. I saw you sort of hit dotted here there.
1: No, I was still doing a bit, but it hasn't been as mad as it has been in previous years. But that was because um, I purposely took a step back, like last year, just to get the album finished and stuff like that. So, and when you take a step back uh, after like six months to a year, it starts reflecting that you're taking a step back, you know. But um, it it was cool because I had so much to do with getting the album finished and, um, you know, shooting videos and doing stuff like that. Uh, I really wouldn't have had the time to be as busy as I have been in previous years. So it all worked out perfectly, you know. But, yeah, it it was a good summer in that way. So I I managed to do everything I needed to do as well as get some shows in. So it was blessed. It was really good.
0: Excellent. Nice balance then, to be honest. Do you, do you find, um, I'm always interested with sort of acts that perform um, across continents, as it were. Do you get a difference between UK and European audience? Because obviously, I mean, the, the sort of reggae scene in Europe is pretty huge at the minute. And it's, it's, it's kind of, um, it's not as prominent in the UK as it once was maybe in some respects and sort of more yeah. more the sort of overtly prominent as it used to be. Is there a difference between audiences, do you think? Um, yeah, there's a there, there is a difference. There's quite a big difference, actually.
1: I think you find in the um in the UK nowadays, <clears throat> um, a dedicated reggae audience um, can be quite small in numbers. So usually events that in the in, usually UK events are more of a, a mixture of genres, you know. Whereas abroad you know, you would have a strictly reggae event and there'd be a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand people there. Do you know what I mean? So in that way there, it can be different. I, I, I think that the crowd is more, I don't want to say intense, but more, it's just more of a reggae crowd, like wholesome, like reggae crowd, like you'll have a 100% of a, a reggae crowd. The whole night would be reggae and, and that's all it is. You know, whereas like I say in the UK, you're going to get a bit more. You get a bit more mixture in the events, don't you? You get like you might get a, a drum and bass DJ at the end or blah blah. Do you know what I mean? So
0: are they sort of yeah. more tuned in in Europe? Do you think is that what it is? To a degree, to to a
1: degree because yeah, to a degree because what you're going to get with when you're going to get a, when you get a dedicated reggae crowd, they're going they're going to be more. I don't want to say more. <clears throat> They're more. How, how can, I don't want to sound disrespectful to people who's not that way, but more.
0: I know what you're trying more, to say.
1: <laughs> they're more like minded. They're more yeah. conscious of, of what's going on. Do you, do you understand what I mean? So, like I say, like if if you have an if you've got an event that's got drum and bass DJs on it, or you have got you know you're going to get some people there that's not necessarily into the message. Whereas when you get a hundred percent reggae crowd, you know eighty, ninety percent of them are into the message. And not just how loud the line is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, no. and, and that's the difference that you get. Still. That's the difference that you get. And also, if I could just elaborate a bit, though. And also, because their English isn't their first language, they pay attention a lot more because they're trying to make sure they understand everything that's being said. So they're concentrating a lot more as well. You know what I mean? So, so the attention span is a lot higher.
0: The board. You know what I mean? No, no, you summed it up, brilliant. No, I th- no, I think <laughs> you're spot on. I think there's, do you know what? I think there's also elements of the fact that sort of um how can I put it underground well more underground music more sort of conscious music um whether it be reggae whether it be I mean even those elements of grime which can be quite conscious um but, but there's been more commercialization as well in this country I, th- I think has a lot to do with it and as you say people aren't necessarily so I mean we're, ex- we're an extremely corporate country really the uk and I, i think that plays a part in people's listening tastes i suppose but um i don't know no really interesting insights i want to i want to get on to old old ragamuffin which is of course your brand new album um i'll 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 lavish praise on it in a few minutes solo and I'll, i'll save that for a minute but it is of course your first studio album in seven years i mean what what brought you to the decision to to release a new project now what what was sort of what spurred you on to do something brand new
1: um do you know what it was a couple of years it was a couple of years ago i think um i don't know i must have got something like a a facebook memory or Chris Kemis must have got something and he's he's like, we've spoken. He's like, do you realize it's been five years since higher levels? And I'm like, <laughs> wow, you know, I think it might be time to do another one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the conversation um, started about yeah, let's 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 get to, let's do another album. But then it, uh, the conversation got deeper in how we wanted to go about it, and we've definitely gone about it in a different way to the previous two.
0: That's really interesting, you say that I want to pick up on that later and make a mental mental note of that. What was it like going back into the studio then properly um after after so many years how, how did it feel? was it good was it different do you've sort of had you had your approach changed at all well
1: um to to go back into the studio to be working on a on a big project is is a different mental span as opposed to just going in there to record a one off single which I've done. I have done those recording over the seven years in between the two of singles and stuff like that, but to go and say yeah we're gonna do an album, like you have a different mindset, you know. And there's a lot more that goes into it. Whereas like when I, when I, when you're doing singles, I have done a uh, a lot of singles, so I wasn't necessarily involved in so much as the rhythm track. And I say yeah, I like that one, you know. And then um and then I'll write to that one. Do you know what I mean? Whereas um this process here. I'm there from the start, you know, like the very first hi hat. You know what I mean? I'm there, sort of thing, you know. So yeah, that that's the difference in that preparation, really. And I love it. <laughs>
0: it must be quite consuming as a person to to do to do something like that. i uh, very much
1: so. Very, very much so. he does it. He, um, you, you, I do anyway. I, I can't speak for everybody, but um, sometimes I long for the break just don't want to do music. I don't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Sometimes I, I, I long for the break. I long for a distraction. Some people think that their distraction is a bad thing. I'm like, no, it's a great thing. You need to walk away. Because you know something as well. You spend all night in the studio. You know, it sounds great at three o'clock in the morning because you've been there for like six hours, you know? You you press stop and you walk away and come back to it two days later.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, this is awful. <laughs> So you have to walk away and come back, you know. It will always sound good when you're a little bit high end, you know what I mean? You'd be like listening to the same thing for it. Four hours is going to sound great isn't it?
0: <laughs> Do you know what? It's the same thing as being a writer. Actually, you you can sit there until sort of like, you have summed it up brilliantly. You sit there till the early hours in the morning, and you think, "Yeah, I've really nailed this. It's really yeah. really good." And you sort of you have a couple of hours sleep and come back to you like, "For fuck's sake, what have I done?" <laughs> <laughs> and you start
1: to try. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, it's a bit <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But I mean, obviously, the end product, old Ragamuffin, came out absolutely brilliantly. I mean, it's your, in some respects, it is your very recognisable style in terms of that it's very, very dubby. Um, there's elements of sort of reggae musical devices in there. The bubble pattern is present sometimes. And There's a one drop on some of the tracks. Um, also, there's sort of a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous elements of it's, kind of, it's kind of soul, but it's kind of, for me, listening to it anyway, is more influenced by Calypso. The backing vocals, the arrangement of them is superb. Um, really, really, really beautiful for um, work there as well so sound wise it, it's very very much you i mean there's some standout tracks for me musically and then we'll talk about the the lyricism of it in a little while but the standout tracks for me i mean take aim is absolutely brilliant um the bubble pattern is sort of only delicately going on in the background the bass is on this kind of almost funky soul riff and then you throw drop a yeah. hammond organ in um which just sort yeah. of sets it off perfectly and with these gorgeous gospel west backing vocals it, it kind of it's a wonderful package a wonderful amalgamation of kind of styles and arrangements and i I think it works brilliantly um edutainment i absolutely love for numerous (laughs) reasons um just the the message is just so so good i was like i heard i heard i heard edutainment um and I heard I heard um universal language. And I was just sort of cheering, going, Finally, someone's <laughs> written properly about how important music is. Um but we'll go on to that in a bit. Um Dragfoot as well is another great track, the sort of elements of Scar Horns in there. Um and it, musically it was a real kind of um, light and shade in terms of that the instrumentation is wonderful throughout it you get you get the instruments sort of going up to crescendos and then sort of drawing right back again it's a beautifully composed and beautifully performed track from all the musicians on it i thought it was absolutely brilliant um wickedness trending another excellent track and the, and overall like i say the the sound is very you um but it's still it still sounds really fresh it's absolutely on point um especially in terms of all the different styles and the um instrumentation and the arrangements and and of course chris i mean is absolutely fantastic he's been your longtime um collaborator for quite a while now i've been chatting to him um a, a fair bit over the past few days great great guy and um the, the production and the sort of engineering and mastering on it is absolutely superb really 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 top quality work i mean it's it's absolutely phenomenal project um and as i say we'll get into the lyrical content and the themes behind it in a little while but this kind of this eclecticism of using different styles and you have over the years essentially created a like i said a very recognizable um sound musically where did that come from originally and how has it developed is it was it a reflection of your own tastes um is it things you've heard is it the people you work with where's the sort of dubby solely rootsy kind of vibe where's where does it come from
1: um, do, do you know, like when, when, we, sat, when we said we were going to do, do the album, I said that I really wanted to do, I wanted to do me. Hence the title we became Old Ragamuffin, yeah, because I just really wanted to do me. Over the years, um, I love all style of music. When I said I was a music addict, I love everything, and I mean, I mean, like people say that, but I really love everything. The first, my first job on, on a sound system was playing soul music. You know, my first radio show I'd done, I was playing I was playing soul music on Rare Group, you know. So I do I do love everything. So it's been nice over the years to experiment and touch some dubstep-y kind of things and blah, blah, blah. But I really just wanted to, I really wanted this album to be like me, of, of things that have influenced me because I haven't always come out in the past. So all of those sort of things just come from what's influenced me growing up. I reflected on... On, on the music that that really um influenced me coming up you know and and, and drew for those strokes so those things that you hear is, is just that really
0: yeah the yeah. soul the soul really comes through on the. i mean as i said the vocal arrangements are absolutely fantastic um a really really strong work in there, and then with a lot of the instrumentation as well absolutely absolutely shines through time for your first break and if you want to go and grab yourself a tea coffee or any other kind of refreshment do so now because we and solo will be back with more chat in just a few seconds um but it it is your it's your lyricism, which of course is completely on point as always. It's something I've I've been sort of reading about you and reading other people's sort of opinions, which I don't always do. I am not a fa- I'm not a fan of music journalists generally. I have to say they like to um they have to pigeonhole people um and box people in and this person's that or this person's that or whatever whatever. Yeah. But I, I've been reading um sort of other people's takes on your work, and everyone of course says it's your lyricism and, and your your way of almost poetic. putting putting points across and old Ragamuffin does that in spades. I mean, again a couple of tracks, Sleepwalking, this brilliant sort of analysis and take on, I mean, what I got from it and my way of expressing what it means is essentially how how the system is effectively turning us into zombies and we're all walking towards our own destruction, effectively while eating ourselves up at the same time. Um, (laughs) That's that's my analogy of the song. Um, Edutainment as I said, it's absolutely brilliant about how music truly is—is is the kind of. Um most potent way almost of addressing the ills in society and how it should be used as a tool for both education and entertainment hence edutainment um there's wickedness trending which is this excellent narrative about how people in power um use and manipulate narratives and propaganda and of course um, used within the title and within the track in, in the realms of modern day phenomenon of social media and how they essentially you use the power and propaganda to to manipulate the populace um you you've then got first world well, problems again it really um I, it, it felt slightly tongue in cheek in some respects because you you break down very well all the sort of stresses that we think we have in life and how, and what you take from it as a listener is well all these sort of stresses are absolute Nonsense, really, um, and it's just all oh, bollocks. And it's just like the stresses are almost imposed by the system, and they're, they're stresses of the system's creation. That's the, the sort of the message that I felt when listening to that, and I sort of thought, yeah, why am I stressing about that? I can't get this, or I, or I'm late. Yeah, to why, why, why are we what stressing it? about? Exactly. Why are we stressing because we've got to wait
1: twenty minutes for the table in the restaurant? You know why? That, you... that
0: was the line where I was like. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, why am I worrying? Why am I, I, but, but in all seriousness, it's kind of like I said, it, it's, it's, it was tongue in cheek, but a line like that then also brings it right back home about where well, we're stressing about having to wait for an expensive meal when there are millions and millions and millions and millions into billions of people in this country who don't know if they're getting a meal tomorrow or not and, and exactly. that's come kind of to the point and then the, the first world problems the title encapsulates it encapsulates it perfectly um universal language again another brilliant track and, and there was an excellent line in it which i'm going to pick up on later but universal language brilliant brilliant track again back to the importance of of reggae and how it should and could be used as as a um vessel almost for for spreading the correct message throughout the world to the populace um awkward another fantastic track i mean again lyrically you're on fire with that um just a brilliant brilliant it's it almost it's a very serious track but it also kind of um what i took from it was it was and please correct me if i'm wrong on this because I i might be completely false footed with this but i almost took it as a swipe and a message to the kind of um how can i put it politely Guardian reading liberals who think they're all kind of, um, it's all equality and multiculturalism and, oh, yes, yes, yes. But when they actually hear the truth, they don't actually, they, it makes them extremely uncomfortable. It's just that kind of awkward. That,
1: that, that, that's, that's exactly what it is. Hey!
0: <laughs> that's what I got. I imagined, I imagined a middle class white Guardian reading person sitting there thinking how wonderfully multicultural they are. And then actually, when you break it down to them, they don't really like it at all. Um, but they, <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Are on the same page with that track. Um, and Rolling Stone, which ended... <laughs> Rolling Stone, which ended yeah. off the album. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> uh, Rolling Stone, which finished off the album. Um, it, be- beautiful, beautiful track lyrically. It's about how um I said again in an in interpretation I got from it, the feeling was how you, you as an artist, but also it's a lesson for all of us in life, how we kind of get swept along in almost day-to-day life in your terms um being an artist and everything that's that encompasses and how you get swept along with that but really what is really important is family and when you break it down again everything else is kind of peripheral if you like to that family unit and and it's um it's sort of an homage to almost that but also you do you say within the track and as we all should do you do count your blessings for everything that has been given to you and everything that has come your way in life and and the the opportunities To tread the path you're on, but ultimately it comes back down to family, and I thought it was very, very fitting and very, it was was very poignant way to end the album. I I mean, it's just the content. Is just absolutely fantastic. Um, I love it to bits, and you are so you are funny, but um, sort of deadly, deadly on point in equal measure throughout it. Which, which I, which of course is quite often the best way to get across the message you want to. I mean, has since you released um, high levels, wasn't it seven years ago? Since you released that, I mean, has has your worldview changed? Have have you got more? um what's the word i don't want to say more more focused on what you're wanting to say has 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 that changed Has your worldview sort of enhanced and expanded since then because i mean it's just so on point and so relevant every every single track is relevant to today it's a complete picture of of you and your message i mean has that has that evolved since you did higher levels do you think um
1: Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure.
0: Okay.
1: I don't. I don't. I don't think my views necessarily. I think I, I've learned more as you do in time. You're going to learn more about certain things, you know. And sometimes we can be a bit hasty on judgment, or and you know. Uh, um. So I, I think I've learned more, but I. Th- I don't think my view has changed that much. If anything, I think I've just learned to express it better, and um and also. If anything, um, say it without say it without remorse. Say it with pride. Sometimes, you know, um, I think I might have been guilty of it in the past of trying to say something, get trying to get a message across, but at the same time, not trying to offend somebody. Um, those days are over. I think that just comes with age, really. You know, what I mean, like the truth is yep. the truth, isn't it? Really, like you know, the truth is the truth, and and you, you know, there's only one way to say it. <laughs> and you say the truth you know what i mean so i think if anything has changed it's just that um the non apologetic approach you know i think my approach is still i still think you learn best um via humor not necessarily like you know there's always a time to be serious but i just feel i've always felt this from when i was at school the, the the teachers who who got through to me and the teachers who I got on well with and done better in their lessons was ones who I could have a laugh with, ones who I spoke to. I think anybody, no one wants to hear someone just wagging their finger at them. I don't, I don't think you learn. I think you could easily shut off from that, you know. But I think um, if you could do it tongue-in-cheek or you could have a tongue-in-cheek moment and then go back to seriousness, I think the message gets through. That's always worked with, with, with my children uh and um yeah and it's always worked with me so so that's my approach you know really
0: and it works brilliantly, as I say, I mean, especially on tracks like um, Awkward, it's it just so, 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 so cleverly done, um, and I do, I do want to touch on that track specifically in a little while, but yeah, no, I, I think, um, do you know what, I think it's also listening to high levels and then listening to old ragamuff, and you say that you're sort of more unapologetic, which I, I agree, I think it's a good thing, I think we've had... I mean in terms, in terms of us as a society um, we under the wonderful Tony Blair became extremely PC and everything was well you can't say that or you need to dress it up like this or you must put a sugar coating on this and or, blah, 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 blah. And we've, we've lost that ability to be direct and say what needs to be said and I think that's part of the reason why we're in this mess we're in actually because people tend to skirt around the issues now yes. as opposed to getting yes. straight to the point um, which which just ultimately ends up confusing situations. But I think also th- this sort of unapologeticness, um, it's also reflected in your delivery and your performance. There seems to be, looking at high levels and then looking at old ragamuffin, you can hear it in your performance. It, it seems... It seems almost more self-assured, and I think that is then you maybe being more unapologetic. Your your delivery and your performance has become a lot more rounded, and it, it's more it is more direct. Your the way you um, transfer the message to the listener seems to be a lot more honed. Almost, um, it, is that a fair reflection, or is that me hearing things? I, I
1: th- no, 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 no. I think it's a fair reflection, and, and probably what you don't know. Uh, or, or, or maybe what you haven't captured, a, a, another reason for for that for it being that way is um, Old Ragamuffin. This album is the first album that we've done that is solely produced by reality, by Chris Kebis. Like So we said we was going to do an album, you know, and we was going to do it. There was going to be no other producers on there. So you have to remember with high levels and even with Walk Like Rusta, there was there were there were tracks on there that was not produced by Chris, by Chris. So at the time of writing those tracks, I could be in I was in a different mind space from track number one to track number five. Whereas with Old Ragamuffin, the the mindset was is exactly the same because we was doing this project. So every time it came to writing for this project, the mindset would be exactly the same. So I think that's what, I think that is also what you can hear. I think, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. That, that ab- makes sense. That is absolutely fascinating. I'm I'm intrigued by by that, and but it makes it makes perfect sense. If if you if there's only two main sort of protagonists on a project, then it's going to be more honed because you're you're both on the same sort of in the same zone, and you're and you're completely in tune with one another. That's absolutely fascinating. I mean, how so? How was it working with just one sort of producer on an entire project? What what was that like? It was perfect. Uh, it was perfect. Um, I'm going to find it very difficult
1: to, to go back, to go and do it any other way. I don't think I'll ever do it any other way, uh, regardless of who I'm, uh, I'm doing the album with. If I was to do an album with a, another producer and another label, then that's the way that I'm going to do it. Uh, I think that's the way you get the best out of it, you know? I mean, High Levels, I thought High Levels was a great album. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, there was, there's different producers on there. I mean, the only thing that what we have done for High Levels was, when, when we chose other tracks from other producers, I revoiced them again, so Chris could mix all of the vocals, so we have that that continuity in, in the vocals, you know. But um, yeah, sitting down and saying, "Yeah, we're writing all of this album together," um, is perfect. I'm I'm, I'm never gonna do it any other way, especially now that you have said that as well. I love <laughs> that, you you just cemented that now with with that statement what you just made there. Definitely
0: happy to be of service. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> This is the halfway point of the interview and I wanted to play you one of the tracks off Old Ragamuffin. Absolutely fantastic album as I keep waxing lyrical about with Solo. Um, This is one of my favourite tracks. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Musically, it is fascinating. Um, Absolutely top quality production arrangement. One of these standout tracks on the album. This is a fantastic take Aim solo band and take aim. Check this out. But see them take
1: aim. Yes, it's on the same campaign. We extinguish the eternal flame. But I don't feel shame. A ride on the rootsman train. I know you wanna drive a switch lane. Separate the wind from the flute. They said they love the tree, but all the pies and the root. They never sworn no a seed yet, one green for all the fruit. This a madman all out I try and take the dumping off the suit. Even on my youth. Yes, you I'm not grab you pun a wrong root. Need to make a turn and pierce the truth. This you can't dilute, too pick from me, kitty yan. And set them shit, because god and thought they get me military. I see them take aim. Said them have a new campaign. What was up to the of right name? This a lion can. Tamer, coming all the top of the plane. Chancellor, I see you again and again. I see them take aim. Yes, it's on the same campaign. They extinguish the eternal flame. But I don't feel shame. I write on the roots my chain. I know you want to change, but switch lane. I can't forget the emperor for east the fuel in all the car that make it go the power soft, to the energy that flows. heist the flag make with back all the enemies and foes who approach with woes. I see them lurking in the shadows. But who they working for, I make a guess, but only John knows. I feel them animosity against felity. Can we say come make we expose those who want to take aim? I said them have a new campaign. On myself has to find my name. They say, like, yeah, can't tame. No Man as a chop off the main chance, I'll see how again and again. I see the take aim We're sitting on the same campaign, we extinguish the eternal flame, but I don't feel shame. I write one the roots my train. I know you wanna drive us switch lane I'm the minimum sight. I know just who they are and what's the plan, but mana fight. They want
0: Knowing now that's the reality of it, you can definitely hear it. There was something that I, I couldn't exactly put my finger on. Now I know what it is. So I, it yeah. it absolutely shows. It absolutely shows. So, yeah, there we go. I, I, another, another, can I just give you another yeah. quick bit of information here? Because you mentioned Take Aim
1: earlier, and he was talking about the musicianship on Take Aim. Take Aim was the first track we, we recorded for the album. So... And we were so happy with it. We was like, okay, that's the benchmark.
0: <laughs>
1: anything, anything of anything that everything that comes after that, if it's not, if it doesn't reach that benchmark, there, it gets scrapped. You know what I mean? As simple as that. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Fascinating, fascinating. My ear is not too bad, then. I'm quite happy, quite happy with that. It is, um, it is one of these standout tracks. I'd say, um, Dragfoot as well is especially, especially good. But um, from the point of view of the musical performances within it, um, but Take Aim and and Dragfoot are musically just stunning, stunning, stunning performances. That everyone involves in both those tracks is absolutely fantastic. I, I wanna, I wanna hone in on a couple of tracks because there's. I mean, there's fascinating and absolutely um, searing messages throughout the album. But there are a couple of tracks and, and specific lines I sort of want to pick up on and sort of then make broader talking points out of lines in a couple of tracks. So first off, I want to start with universal language. As I said, it's, it's about the power of reggae and how it should and could speak to everyone. There's a brilliant line in it where, where you say, we need the real thing and not the imitation imitation reggae. Um, A fascinating line and a really... As someone who speaks to artists from all across the world, week in, week out, I, I literally, two hours ago, we, listeners, we're recording this on um, Wednesday, 9th of October, um, two hours ago, I was interviewing him, Marley, in Miami. Um, last week, I had um, In Dubious on from um, Oregon. Um, I also had Busy Signal on from New York. Um, I've got Spragger Benz coming on um, this week as well. So I, I speak to all sorts of artists all sorts of different genres but all kind of based around reggae or or dancehall um and as i say you send the song we need the real thing and not the imitation reggae i mean do you think and i couldn't i could name some names and i, I might do um <laughs> Do you, do you think we're sort of getting back to a stage where essentially sort of reggae roots and also sort of dancehall and dub really everything that sort of is is based around those genres of music are we getting back to the sort of commercialization and corporatization if you like of it again as as I mean I was quite young in the 90s but I do remember there was a big kind of reggae was a very it turned into quite a corporate sound in some respects where it was very popular record labels sort of pushed it even when artists weren't reggae artists um are we going back to that again do you think is that kind of what you were getting at or is it just I, I think we
1: are we are going back to that and um, well yeah it, the, the the answer to the question is yeah I do think it, it's, it's going back to that and I don't uh, and the problem with going back to that is um I mean I think every, everybody has the right to be creative and I love creativity you know and and whatever sound you come up with then that's your sound and I, and I respect that and I, I even appreciate that, you know. Um, especially if you're paying homage to something. Um, however, the the strength, especially what I'm talking about in universal language, when I say the strength that reggae has to touch or dark the, the four corners of the globe in in, in that way. Um, if you water it down, it's not going to be as strong as that. It's not you're not. It's not going to do that service if you're making it weaker, you know. You buy a car and you start putting water in the tank. It's not going to do the service that you got that you want it to do. It's going to struggle to drive that hundred miles because because you put water in there and it doesn't take water. Do you, you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So so for it to be a universal language, it needs to be the original substance. It needs to be as original as it possibly can can be. Yeah, because I think that um. I think the problem that you're having now, if, like, don't problem is the right word, but I think what you could get is you can get other genres classed and branded and advertised as reggae, as roots, and it's not. And then somebody who's just coming into reggae are uh, listening to something thinking that they are listening yeah. <laughs> to something that's 100% reggae and it's not you Unfortunately, it might it might still be very nice don't get me wrong but it's it's, it's <laughs> 70% you no know? you're you're drinking concentrated orange juice instead of non-concentrated you
0: know I think I think it's a very good analogy and I think it's actually an extremely extremely good point but do you I mean is that if, if I suppose blame isn't the right word really, but I suppose responsibility then maybe is the fairer word. Does the responsibility for that fall at the feet of artists or does it fall at the feet of of the people promoting the artists and writing about the artists from journalists to the sort of A&R people to the PR people within record labels who who is responsible for that because uh, i think every i think everyone's responsible for that i think artists are responsible for that um
1: within and i include myself remember i said to you that i spent many years doing um recording experimental reggae and experimental stuff you know and um, I could have con- easily continued doing that. I could have done a whole album like that. But I think the world needs to hear some real roots rock reggae. So um, I think everyone's responsible for that. I think people who people who know the real th- people who know the, the the original thing and 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 ignore it to give you a carbon copy are at fault. I think that's a dangerous thing, and, and and I've come across that, and and I've I've seen that firsthand. Whether it be a promoter, whether it be a producer, whatever, I've seen people. Uh, I've had people ask me to water down what I'm saying. You, you, understand, you understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. What's that all about? But then you still want to brand it and advertise it. As roots reggae or just reggae, you know what so, I mean? And, and that's not right. I don't mind you. I don't. If you want to sell a diluted version and advertise it as a diluted version, and then do your thing in it, but don't dilute it and then say it's the original thing. I know, you know. There's, a, you know, <laughs> it's as simple as that. And and I've seen people, I've witnessed people do that firsthand, you know. And I don't, I don't think that's right, you know. Like I say, I respect everybody's creativity, and if that's what you're doing, then it's great. Like, tell people that's what you're doing. Don't try and market it as something else when you know it's not. When you know the message isn't true, you know it's not.
0: You know? I think it's a very good point. And, uh, yeah, I, I broadly agree with you. I mean, if if you look at um, – I'm trying to think of a good uh, – yeah, I, th- I think as long as you're being authentic and honest with the listener – about what you're doing, then, as you say, it's, it's not anyone's place to uh, say, "Well, that's not creative, or that's not expressive, or that's not authentic to you as an artist." That's fine, but yeah, I think it's a very, very interesting point actually. And I think it's a very important point. That well, sell it as such, then don't try and branch it under the umbrella of roots or or, or yeah. reggae. I and, and you know it's not, and you know it's not
1: that. Don't don't do that, you know. Yeah.
0: I mean, But, it, I mean, the industry drives that as well. The best example for me, and I, sort of, I sat there with my head in my hands, was obviously Shaggy and Sting winging the fucking reggae Grammy last year. <laughs> I was like, well, firstly, neither of them I would class as reggae. Um, oh. <laughs> secondly, I don't know what tantric shit Sting's been performing on Shaggy, but that's another story. Um, and that was kind of the pinnacle of watering down for me. I mean obviously I mean they're up against um protege who was nominated, who again I mean he's part of the revival movement, which is something slightly different to two roots, but the the day the revival movement and artists within it are quite straightforward about what they do i mean musically and li- musically and lyrically, protege's out of time's an exceptionally good album, but of course it i mean shaggy for fuck's sake really. Um, I any-
1: <laughs> you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing as well because my, my my daughter's in the room with me while we're doing it, and she hates the album with with a, with a real zest you know? Yeah.
0: Tell her um, respect.
1: We, <laughs> we was I had it on in the car, yeah, because I said I really got to listen to this. Mm. I remember you sat down and listened to it, and I was listening to it, and every after song after song, gives was just like, "Dad, really, another one?" <laughs> like we. we We don't need to hear anymore. We can hear what it is, please, like you know. So she's she she's she's throwing her hands up in the air saying, Thank God someone else has said it so she agreed
0: very much so <laughs> excellent good i think we sound like we get on very well um but it's but it's true and it's the way it's the way that the industry for the sake of dollar um like you say it, it, i mean it's not even watering it down it's it's essentially miss selling something really isn't it um it's not watering down it, it's it's packaging something up to be something it completely completely is and, and and it's all very awkward and speaking of awkward solo i want to talk about that track of as well um as i said i mean it's 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 a fascinating listen because half of you wants to laugh and half of you wants to kind of hang your head in shame really you 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 strike this wonderful balance between humor and an extremely 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 serious message and there's this there's this brilliant line in there which is about um churchill turning in his grave if he could see um, Harry and Meghan um, obviously how they are now and getting married um, but at, and as I said earlier it's a very sort of pointed nod in my opinion sort of the liberal guardian reading middle-class white people who think they think they're sort of open-minded and multicultural when they're not really I mean have in even though we're sat in 2019 um you make a very relevant point about churchill and of course it's one that's glossed over all the time essentially that he was a massive fucking nasty racist um and the, but we oh no even world war ii etc cetera, etc cetera, which is a complete sort of washing of history clean um but we're sat in 2019 i mean do you think we've still got this Within society, almost is colonial hangover, if you like, where we've put this sheen on top of sort of ethnicity, like it, it's a problem that's almost been solved as it were when actually we still within the underbelly of the system and society there's still inherent racism from from both the system and then the way it filters down into society more broadly is, is it still as much a problem as it always has been do you think do you think it, things have improved at all
1: um it is still very much a a, a massive problem and i think um Oh, this is a deep question. You know, we could be talking about this for a long time. We can talk about it if you want. <laughs> yeah, I think it is still a very massive problem. It's a really big problem. I think um, when you talk about a, a sheen and trying to cover it over, I think that's what the ideology behind being PC was. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's what the ideology. When they came out with this PC thing, I think that was the ideology that they could stop people from saying things that would expose wrongdoings in the hierarchy, yeah? It's as simple as that, yeah? And then um, what has backfired now, which is clear to see, is um, you can see it coming out. You can see it coming out in every day. I mean, you know, look, you know, <clears throat> you, everything, obviously every, all of these things going on with Brexit and stuff like that. Some of the things that have been said now and that was said in the campaign. It's just, it's just blatant racism, uh, and if not racism, is is this this um this trying to get back this old ideology of a of the empire that's above everybody else. You know, no nobody's saying. I haven't heard anybody say a logical, factual reason why they want to leave. All I've heard them say is we want to get back our blue passports or, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous. I was listening to the radio today and they're saying that um, um, uh, Twitter account, is it Leave leave the EU Twitter account or something like that? Yeah. They, 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 they they done this tweet with, with a picture of Angela Merkel uh, and saying we didn't fight in two world wars to be told what to do by a kraut. I mean, is that not the most unintelligent? Um, oh, how how stupid is that? How dumb is that? Where, where's the intelligence in that? Where's the reasoning in that? Really? So, um, yeah, I do think it it still exists. I think it, it's clear to see that it still exists, and uh, the institutionalized thing is still there. It's still there, you know. And and the reality is, people say that there's freedom of speech, but they will cringe if someone says they're proud to be black or if someone says they're proud to be Italian or if they're proud to be Turkish, they cringe. You know? No one wants to mention, you know? So I, and that's what makes me laugh as well, you know, they'd be quick to to say that they're proud of winning World War One and World War Two. Will they will they ever mention all of the Indian soldiers that was in the front line during World War One and World War Two? Will they ever mention the Pakistani soldiers? Would they ever mention all of the soldiers that came over from the Caribbean that were promised citizenship if they came over to fight and then when they did come over to fight after the war they wasn't given that citizenship Will anybody mention that no so they mention churchill and they, and they'd be all happy we won the war we beat the crowds blah 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 they won't mention that it was a multicultural army that defeated that one that won the battle that that doesn't come into account you know so yeah it, it does exist the hypocrisy of it is ridiculous
0: I think you've you've let just to, sorry interrupt you, but the, the hypocrisy is kind of a key point in this because and that was exactly what I was saying that essentially the PC era kind of glossed over all of this. It was also it was also a very good um, divide and conquer tactic almost because it split us up into identity. So okay, so um, you're black, you're a member of the LGBT community, you're from this country, um, you're this, you're that, you're the other or the other um it essentially intentionally divided us up but the hypocrisy is the main thing because of course what we saw in the blair pc era was that well no you, you you can't say this and you can't say that and you can't say this but we can go and bomb the fuck out of iraq and drop depleted uranium on those of brown people and obama can drop more bombs in 2016 on the middle east than any other u.s president in history but you have to be pc
1: but yeah but you can't mention it so you're not allowed to say all these things. Meanwhile, we can enforce them by policy and we can make laws by them by policy. But then no one can have the conversation because you're, you're governed by this so-called politically correct thing, you know? And it, it just made every conversation messy. So even if you – because obviously there was a there, – there is or there was a conversation to be had about the movement of people and immigration – Obviously, there was a, com- a conversation that needed to be had. Whether the, whether you know, there's a conversation that needed to be had. Whether it was putting strains on on the on the, the system or whatever, you know, but it became difficult to have that conversation because of PC World. But it it, it it but then that allowed it to be make it very easy to turn that conversation into a racist rant, and nobody would say a word about it. That's what PC done. And when you talk a, about yeah. exactly what it done, it stopped you having the, the true conversation about what it was about. But then it allowed people to have racist rants. Uh, we don't want no foreigners. Like, like you know, that makes no sense to me whatsoever, how is that correct? It's very political. It's not correct, though, is it? No, exactly. So, so even the even the even the phrase is a brainwashing thing. Even the phrase, the phrase. Is an enigma. Politically correct? When? When have you ever found anything that's political to be correct in this day and age? In recent days, you know what I mean. So, it, even the phrase itself is it, it, it's, is mind bending. You
0: know. I think it's a br- brilliant take on it. Yeah, and I'm I've, I've thinking in those terms, of course, <laughs> absolutely. If you need to have a crack break, this is your last opportunity to do so because me and Solo will be back with the final part of this absolutely storming interview in just a few seconds. But, I mean the whole thing with sort of political correctness it was always intentional anyway to get us to this point where essentially governments could um have the higher moral ground and essentially were free to do what they want but the rest of us know well we can't we can't say this and you're and you're quite right about the immigration thing whether you whether you agree with immigration whether you disagree with immigration whether your view is more nuanced whatever your take on it is it was essentially because of political correctness that eventually when the debate had to be had about it it was so toxic um, that the, the arguments were immediately, it, as you say, it turned into an inherently racist topic, and that would, and everything we see now in terms of Brexit and the, the, and the narratives and the language and and the positioning of people on it are all a result of the sort of late 90s and the noughties, the, this this sort of degradation of conversation um, and this sort of, essentially, as I said, sort of dividing us up and um, telling us we couldn't say these things and say that and say the other. We're now at the end game of all that and we're seeing we're, we've reaped what we sowed, ultimately.
1: Exactly, because nobody... Because then what, what you do, like you say, when you divide people... Um, and you, you mask it as the greater good. Like you said, no one's fighting together. So one community is fighting just for just for that particular right, and another community is, is fighting for another right, you know? When, when instead of both these communities should be fighting for both of those points together. But you've divided them now, you know, under this blanket of PC, uh, and you can't say this, you can't say that and that's exactly all they've done it's just easy it's plain to see I think it's plain to see anyway you know
0: I think it's plain to say and I've been saying it, saying it for years and I quite often get... Because I'm not I'm not a music journalist by trade. I'm a political journalist by trade. That's what I actually do. Um, and I, I, I've had this opinion and I've been writing about it and saying it on television for years um, and I often get, get frowned at. But it, that's essentially what it was. And we've and again, part of the end game we've now seen with that is that it has... Essentially, it was dividing sort of the working classes up almost into identity groups. And of course, the, the, the end result of that is is now um there was there's this brilliant grime artist he's called marcy phonics um and he's a friend of mine he, do, he does really strong sort of political grime music um, and he was debating a black tory mp on channel 4 news um a guy called quasi Kwarteng tory mp black very middle class very educated and what marcy phonics was a, I know of him very well, yes. You do know of him very well, excellent. And what Marcy, Phon- <laughs> what Marcy Phonics was essentially saying was that we're now at a point where it's no longer about ethnicity, because Kwasi Kwarteng no longer represents the people Marcy Phonics represents. It's now, we. it should be about class now, because when you can have a black man like Kwasi Kwarteng in the Tory party and in power, it's no longer about ethnicity. It is about what social class you are in essentially yes
1: definitely definitely and and what um and what social ass you're prepared to kiss (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: brilliant i'm writing that down i'm fucking remembering that one (laughs) But but there is and 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 so all of that, all of that, PC, blah blah blah, Brexit. It has brought us to this point essentially, and 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 I think I think we're in an intentional mess. But I mean, awkward as as I said, sums all of the, it sums a lot of that up absolutely brilliantly. And I mean, the whole album is is superb. Um, edutainment. I I just want to touch on edutainment because it's such a clever track. Um, in terms of again saying that the music should be used as a as a tool um of education effectively i mean your whole album in some respects is is an education if if, if, whether you're initiated or not um it is because the the sort of swathe of subjects and topics you deal with throughout it is is quite remarkable i mean when you reflect on old ragamuffin um did the Did the themes and did you, what you want to talk about did it just sort of naturally happen, or was there any sort of planning and construction in terms of right okay well i want I want to address sort of inherent colonialism and how racism is still prevalent on this track I want to address um the, how music and specifically reggae can sort of help change the ills in society was was it a construct or did it just come out working with Chris that this is what I want to talk about on this track
1: you know um when me and Chris work together it, it's a really it's a really natural process uh, and um so we we do let things um arrive how they arrive naturally but at the same time we are very topical uh, and we we do keep an eye on what's going on within society uh, and and so so these conversations will come up very naturally you know so there's no <clears throat> we didn't make a list and we're saying all right we're going to make a song that says this. We're going to make a song that says that. We're going to, that, that doesn't happen. That kind of process doesn't happen, no. But um, very much we could be in the, in the, in the studio <clears throat> and having a conversation about something. And, you know, the conversation develops and we just say, oh, did you see what happened here? Did you see when this happened and blah, blah. And then that then, that conversation could then influence the natural vibe in the studio of the song that comes out. If that makes sense. No,
0: Obviously.
1: makes absolute sense. So now we never sit down and say we're going to make a song that says this, or we're going to make a song that says that. But whatever's going on at the time that we're making a song, it can it will naturally evolve into into what's going on. You know. So even with awkward, um, so, uh, something distinctly happened when I was listening to the to that track, and I uh, uh, and I was just trying to catch a vibe on it. You know, just got it playing. I can't remember what happened, but something, a few things must have happened within that week of me concentrating on on, on that song for me to write awkward. Do you know what I mean?
0: No, absolutely. And do you know what? It shows, actually, because the whole the whole uh, project looking at it in its entirety, none of it comes across as forced or um, um, it it comes across very natural and um, very, very, very authentic, which is which is, of course, the point point of the music. uh, There's there's one track again, which sort of um, sort of raised my interest a little bit, which was um, uh, Smile Every Day. Um, which going a brilliant track, lovely. And all about positivity. Um, in some respects, I mean, how do you main, how can I package this question up? Uh, <laughs> um, the world's going to hell in the handcart. Um, We've got political chaos in the US, political chaos in this country, political chaos in Europe, um, the sort of far right, quite prominent in many, many places, ecological and climate catastrophe looming, um, police getting more aggressive than ever, the state becoming more authoritarian than ever. Um, Is it still possible to smile every day and sort of maintain an outlook that, well, things are going to get better? Do you you think, I know you must believe it, but... I mean, for me, I sometimes wonder if we've gone now too far as a, as a species with what we've done, not only to ourselves, but to the planet to possibly pull it back. Do you think that you can still smile every day and that it, would, there is still hope for us?
1: Uh, uh, the thing that I, what, what I believe is, is that um, it will make it easier to, I think it makes it easier to accomplish. Your mission or your task if you could smile while you're doing it that's that's the point that I'm trying to make when I say smile every day. So your task might be a very serious task. Your mission could be a very serious mission, you know but I, I think it's easier to complete such a hard task if the person that you're doing the task with or within yourself, you could smile about something while you're doing it. you know so for example, for example,
0: the Extinction Rebellion. <clears throat> uh, which, you know? Are you raising my mind? Because I literally was about to say, well, Extinction Rebellion is a perfect example.
1: I mean, for the, for, the, for the protesters to be there for X amount of days are doing what they're doing, like, what gets them through is they must be happy within each other, within themselves. They must be smiling within themselves you know, to get them through such a hard task of sleeping in the tent, uh, um, you know, in Trafalgar Square or whatever. You know what I mean? They, they, they <clears throat> It has to make it easier for them if they can do it with a laugh, if they can park a boat outside Parliament Square, you know? That If you check it, they're, they're, there is an element of humour in it that gives them the strength to get through. And, and, and laughter is a very powerful thing. The strength of it, it, it is very powerful, you know, because anger... Anger is quite destructive to yourself, you know, uh, and and so therefore, if you're doing something in anger, you might well still be completing the task, but you're 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 doing it at, um, with harming yourself at the same time. But if you can do that with laughter, you're actually, you know, you're not, you don't have to damage yourself to get the task done, get the same task done excuse me yeah is that does that
0: make sense it makes absolute sense and i think it's spot on because the thing is i it, it, it took me years to get to the point sort of as a as a as a person where my initial reaction is no longer just to scream and shout and lash out and i think all you do do with that is is you're just putting more anger and negative energy out into the world but you also as you quite rightly sum up you're harming yourself and the people you're angry at you can bet your bottom dollar they ain't giving out as much energy on you as you are out on them being being angry
1: yeah Um, because because it takes a lot of energy to be angry as well so you know in 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 theory if you want to look at it um um as physics you know surely your momentum you're going to be able to do further you're going to have more energy If if you preserve energy on on the way, you know, so if if you're making that march, let's say we're on a march, if you're making that march and you're happy, you're preserving more energy with your happiness so you can march further. If you do that angrily, you're only going to be able to march a mile because you're going to be knackered after a mile, you know. You do that with laughter, you can march 10 miles, you know what I mean, so I, I believe you could get further and you could complete more if you can smile every day.
0: I think that's a very good mantra for for everyone to have. And, of course, I mean, obviously it goes to that question, I suppose, that music and especially roots reggae is central to this, isn't it? I always think that if only everyone could listen... to a bit of roots or a bit of reggae, then the world would be a much better place because I think it is one of the keys if we are to move forward as a society. One of the key elements of that is the music specifically. I mean, because it's so, so powerful and it just completely flips your worldview on so many things. I mean, do you agree? Is is the music key to how we can move forward as a species?
1: Oh, definitely. Like, we need to recognise the power of music. I think um, is is underestimated or ignored too often. It is probably the most powerful, if if not, it is it's one of the most powerful um, forces in me in advertisement, you know, uh, 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 and in just motivation, you know. We need to remember, you know, when when in in Vietnam, for example, the uh, the government would make the troops listen to like like really aggressive, hardcore like like techno, but like or with negative sounds and stuff you know to spur them up to go and to go and die basically to go and fight somebody who they don't even know and kill these people who they don't even know you know so we need to we need to respect the the power that music has and, and take responsibility and and so then when you're lucky enough to wield that power as musicians as artists as DJs. when you're you're lucky enough to wield that power, you have to take responsibility of the power that you're wielding. It's as simple as that. Uh, uh, And um, people, people, we just need to recognise that and admit it and stop pretending there's no power in music because everyone seems to walk around and say, oh, it's got nothing to do with the music. If I turn around and say something about, well, if you're listening to negative music, it's going to, oh, it's got, oh, it's only music. It's got nothing to do with the music. It has everything to do with the music it has everything to do with it i just i'll just figure an example and it's just gone out of my head now but um yes that's what i was going to say to you when i was playing the sound system and we <clears throat> when i was playing the sound system uh full time we used to do a, a a regular night in a nightclub you know we used to play in it every thursday night you know and you know all sorts of music used to play we would be playing everything playing reggae dancehall hip-hop r&b like the lot you know and um, this club, when we when we got the residency in there, the club had been going for a while, and then we got the residency in there. And they had a problem in this club that there was always fights at kicking out time. Nobody would be leaving, and then they'd always be fighting outside. Come two o'clock, you know, it was a midweek sort of a Thursday night, you know. And they and they, and it was a real problem, and the club was going to lose its license over it. So once we got the residence, we spoke to the promoter. And uh, we came up with a policy. So the club finished at two o'clock. So we came up with a policy. As soon as it got to half past one, <clears throat> we wouldn't be playing no no hip-hop. We wouldn't be playing no dance or you know. And everything we played would be love, would be loving. So usually we'd just end the night on slow jams, R&B, some Jodeci and, and all of this kind of, and these kind of things. You understand what I mean? Or we'd be playing like some lovers rock reggae, you know. The fighting was gone within two weeks. There was no more fighting at the end of the night. So how can you tell me music does not influence people? You're sending people home on a different, with, a, with a different mentality. So basically, we'd play slow jam and, and lovers rock reggae for the last half an hour. All of these guys that was normally fighting, they're not interested in it now. They're trying to talk to the girl that they was trying to dance with for the last half an hour. You know what I mean? That everyone's on this loving vibe. You know what I mean? They're all, they're all the mates. They're all hugging their mates, or they're trying to talk to these girls. You know, no one's on this aggressive. We want to fight each other because what people, what DJs was doing was was playing the hardest songs in the last half an hour, and then everyone's hyped up, or and listening to this stuff, and then and so testosterone is flying all over the place, and everybody just wants to fight each other, and 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 that's how powerful music is. It is, it's powerful. That's why do you think they have music in adverts all the time? If it wasn't powerful, they wouldn't have music in adverts. Uh, and just to note, how many adverts do you hear with some reggae sounding sounding music in the background? It's a lot
0: in it, mate. Do you know what? If I did a study, the results would be fascinating. Yeah, very, yes. very true. I do have one more question, actually, because a couple of people on my Twitter account, on my social media, have asked me this. Solo Banton, um, what, what's yeah. up with the Ford Capri on the cover of? Is, is, is it like some Dellboy thing going on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, I love my Capri by the way. gear. <laughs> I, I do love that program by the way it's the greatest program ever made ever uh, you know but um, j- just like what I was saying to you earlier when we said we were going to do this album I really wanted it to be I really wanted it to come from me uh, and, and, um, uh, and what I'm about and, and the influences influences I had growing up so when we're talking about about growing up and being an old ragamuffin Ford Capri was the car I was just in love <laughs> with this car you know and um, I don't even know how we got the vision of it, but we's like, we like we said that, you know, if we're gonna do a, if the title track is gonna be Old Ragamuffin, then I want a Ford Capri. I really want a final Ford Capri because just helps me get into character, really, just just to sum up the character, basically. So that's why it, 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 It's just me. It's just it just come from me that's
0: all i think that story is an absolutely brilliant way to sum up everything you do that music can literally change how people think and feel and and i mean old ragamuffin does that in absolute spades it will stand as sorry, one of... sorry.
1: you know what can I, I want to sorry to interrupt mm. you have you ever seen the experiment that they've done with playing music to water no okay so there's an experiment i think you must be able to find out on youtube and um well, it's not even a, a, a video. You you can see it in just a in, in just a picture form. But basically, they have like a, a a dish of water, like a laboratory dish of water under a microscope. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I don't know what music they they chose, but one picture says this is playing negative music to the water, and this is playing positive music. Yeah, so in the negative picture, all the cells are just all over the place just looks like a mess, you know, whereas with the positive one, they're all uniformed. Like they're all, it's it's like a uniform picture. It it looks like, like a picture of beauty, you know, whereas like the negative one, they're just all over the place in chaos, you know? And and then, so when you look at that, and then you remember as humans, we're, how much of us is water? 80%, 90%? Like, come on, like how much more proof do you need? It's amazing, you have to try and look for it. Try and have a look for it if you, if you can find it, you know? Yeah.
0: I will take your word for it and when we finish this interview I will go off and play Old Ragamuffin to my bottle of mineral water and see what effect it has on <laughs> yeah. it because I'm sure it will be unifying these cells and molecules within it. Brilliant, brilliant stories and as I said they, they perfectly sum up everything that you and the album is about. I mean it's fantastic, it will stand solo as for me one of the albums of the years, an absolutely storming storming piece of work, all respect to you for it and also all respect to Chris for his work on it as well and all the musicians involved seminal work from you i have to say and seminal interview it's been absolutely brilliant to be able to chat with you i could actually literally go on for hours but i do have to at some point stop the podcast because otherwise um i don't don't know where it would end but it's been brilliant to speak to you absolutely fascinating you're a lovely guy and i really really enjoyed that so thank you so much for coming on the podcast for the first time of many hopefully
1: oh yeah definitely be back again thank you very much i enjoyed it I love. I, talk, I always talk too much, so I'm. I'm happy to talk. We could do this every week if you want. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was that was a round hour, so that was perfect. But yeah, I've quite happily do this every week. We might have to <laughs> might have to have a think about that for the minute. Well, thank you
1: for having me, though. Thank you for having me. I, I
0: appreciate all that. Yeah. My absolute pleasure for the minute, Solo Banton. Thank you. Blessed love, thanks. How amazing is Solo Bantam? My goodness, that was an overarching interview. Absolutely fantastic chatting to him. Really, 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 really enjoyed it. And politically, oh yes, he's on my page. Absolutely brilliant. And I cannot recommend the album Old Ragamuffin enough. All the links to be able to download it are, of course, in the show notes. Get yourself a copy now. It is on point. And here is the title track off the album. This is again fantastic, brilliant kind of summing up musically of what he's all about and also about him lyrically as a person as well. Absolutely fantastic. This is incredible. Solo Banton with Old Ragamuffin. Solo Banton, Old Ragamuffin. Check this out.
1: this time, stride, All my movies like me and Clyde, and when me dance, I think of Michael Jackson and a Moon slide. so the cool like the breeze, me and swung a light, the trees, and I see mints and trees, No me want to blow this smoke straight from the east to the
0: that's it another absolutely fantastic episode of top one caged is done i'd like to thank my fantastic guest this week the incredible solo banton you can't follow him on twitter but he is on instagram at solo banton as always one the scenes thanks to the love of my life the gorgeous Nicola jeffrey follow her on twitter it's at nicholas c jeffrey my man behind the booth sound engineer gaff pause follow him on twitter it's at pause with a Z radio and my in-house singer it's ray star music follow her on twitter it's at ray underscore star 113 thank you to the canary for uncaging me i will see you again soon Uncaved. Okay.